Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast Season 2, Episode 17. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, an early start at the Farmers Insurance Open to clear the way for the NFL on Sunday, Wednesday through Saturday, golf at John Rahm's favorite golf course. We also recap the American Express. Hudson Swafford gets his third PGA Tour victory, and we'll take you around the tour, so the LPGA Champions Tour, Corn Ferry as well. But first, let's touch on John Rahm's comments last week at the American Express, caught on a hot mic with some not-so-kind words for the PGA Tour. Thanks for listening today on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at theticketnorthernmichigan.com. Again, we are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Let's go. Let's uh, let's just start with the um, the American Express. That seems that seems like an easy place to start. Everyone, please keep in mind it is almost four o'clock. Eastern time. I don't love I don't love afternoon episodes. So we're in a Hunter's holding a it's a very large coffee cup is making its way toward its lips. He's taking a sip. Smacking my lips. And it's down. Yeah. So uh what what uh what are your takeaways from the old the old American Express? I think we have to talk about John Rahm calling it a uh, putting contest, yeah, essentially is what he's he been it. watching all the same gambling podcasts that I've been watching. I thought that was kind of a funny moment. Um, it was a putting contest. He wasn't wrong about anything that he said. I did think it was weird in the sense that what were his expectations? Like, obviously, he knows about the American Express. He knows what kind of setup. He knows it's a pro am. But in the course of playing golf, we all get pissed and have those kinds of moments when we're muttering under our breath. And in his case, he was muttering about the setup. I One of the takeaways I had from that in particular is this guy wants to win every week. Like he's grinding so hard to win the American Express. That kind of stood out to me. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I mean, why was he playing in this event? And is, are we assuming this was just like a sponsor uh, obligation on his part? I have no idea. I don't know if he's, there's a few things going on there. Like if you look at the farmer's field for this week, which starts Wednesday this week, by the way, which is awesome Wednesday through Saturday to make room for Sunday football. There's a lot of new names. And I think that has partly to do with the tour pushing these players to mix up their schedules. You have to play in an event, uh, a new event every two years. They have certain events earmarked as flagship events. I don't know if that played a role in Rom playing at the Amex or if he just likes playing there, but yeah, I thought it was interesting to look at that. Like, well, you don't have to play in this event and it, you know, this is kind of the way that this event works and it is a putting contest. So why are you upset about that? But really it's just because the guy wants to win. He feels he's the best player in the field and he's not making putts. And so he's frustrated. Yeah. And I mean, rightfully so. I just, it makes you wonder why he's not, because all you, I mean, all you think about is 
that was a pretty strong field over um, in Abu Dhabi this past weekend. And, I mean, that seemed like the <clears throat> the place to be if you're going to play competitive golf this past weekend. Well, it's not like the American Express is anything to sneeze at. It's a PGA Tour event. Yeah, I know, but, like, I'd love to see what do you think the strength of field was between these two events? I assume that this one was much stronger. The European tour event this past weekend. Yeah, I'm sure that it was. Yeah. So no, I did I, I love John Rahm for playing the American Express. Oh hell I yeah. love Patrick Cantley for playing it. I mean, thank God those two guys were playing it. And probably guys who won's on DraftKings are saying that too, because they soaked up 35% of the ownership between the two of them or so. So that's, those are crazy numbers. And you were able to fade both and win. Yeah. I certainly didn't have any, anything good. No. I won and done and bet Matthew Wolf. He shot six over. On Thursday. So the American Express, I feel about it, about the way that John Rahm feels about it. Yeah. No, I don't. uh, You think you made a good point that uh, I I don't really know what he, uh, what the guy expected coming in. Your guy, Seamus, was rolling there for. Three days. Did you bet that twenty? Did he end up? Yeah, I think he finished top fifteen. I think he finished. Are 15. you sure? No, I'm not sure, but I I thought I looked at you it. Might want to double check yeah, your T, account balance there. T fourteenth, actually. Thank you Whew. very much. Made a couple late birdies. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that ended up being a a good pick. I honestly can't remember. I felt like I was really strong on on Seamus, and I don't remember a single other name name that I said. You didn't. Okay. See that. Well, that's what you know. You know. You you seem to just kind of pepper the board. I'm I'm more of a. I'll give you one guy. I'll give you one. Yeah. Guy. No, that was good. Yeah. Well, if you took our finishing positions, I was one for two. You were one for one. I mean, yeah. I'm not great at math, but I think that's two for three, which is a pretty solid percentage. Abraham answer continues to be unable to put the ball in the hole. So I missed on him in the top 10, but I got Grayson Sig comfortably into the top 40 at plus 300. So that was nice. That yeah. paid for my week. Yeah, exactly. That's all we're looking for. You're just looking to make it by. Pay for all my other losses, which were many. It really hurts when you one and done somebody and they shoot six over in the round one. First round. On a absolute mid twenties under birdie fest. Who'd you want it done? Matthew Wolf. Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Yeah. And, and you know what? Honestly, I think I might bet him again this week. Crazy. I don't think there's a guy on tour that you could look at that, that if he plays bad the first round, he's not coming back the second round. Like he's not going to shoot. Like he's not going to turn around and shoot a 62 the next round after he shoots a 76. Who Wolf? Wolf. See you next week. Well, he did. He did play good the next day. Did he play good enough? He shot seven under, I think. Six five. Either shot five or five under, maybe. Six over, 
five under. And then I think he shot like even. In any event, when you shoot six over and the cut ends up being minus seven. Those 54 hole cuts on birdie fest are kind of funny because the cut line gets so inflated that you think you're looking at a corn fairy leaderboard. Oh, no, it does. It feels like that. We're seeing, we're seeing scores that replicate that as well. We're actually probably so, seeing lower scores Hudson in the corn Hudson Swafford, we did not hit on his biannual PGA Tour victory this year, which is a huge disappointment. 250 to one. I saw some people bragging about on Twitter. That's crazy. How many of those Hudson Swafford bets have they lost to hit that one? What are they putting? It's crazy to even have that ticket. Good for them. Two, 250 to one. I was kind of looking. First of all, I had a Varner ticket and he had the lead on Sunday. And so that was pretty early in the day, but I was excited. It was before I watched on TV. Uh, by the time I was watching in TV, it was clear that Harold Varner was not still in the lead by any means. I think he got to the lead, may have seen where he was, and immediately started giving strokes back. And I had a Denny McCarthy, which was kind of interesting for a while, but good for Huds. Shoot five under on the back nine in a final round. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not terrible. And that's actually funny you say that about Harold Varner because I almost, I can't tell you how close I was to texting you Sunday afternoon or whenever he would have been in the lead and then I swear it was no more than 30 seconds later and I saw some tweet from from one of the golf guys that we follow that said something along the lines of like Harold Varner has given up <laughs> like he has dropped like seven shots in the last or has 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 lost between him and the leader like seven shots in the last two holes or like 45 minutes it was it was a pretty funny stat I cuz that's all I can think about was that the, where was that at the Genesis where he topped that three wood off yeah. the tee? I was just gonna say we're only two <laughs> weeks away from the Genesis. I'm a hundred percent gonna bet him at Genesis. That's all I can think about is <laughs> just topping that three wood, uh, cold dead top. <laughs> so so and then for him to, you'd like to see him, uh, maybe close one of these bad boys out here, or more, well, I think more he will. regular basis. And, and yeah, and we're gonna talk about. Sam Burns probably at some point today because he kind of had it. He was in the mix here last year and, you know, kind of he didn't play well, which is was the parallel case to Innisbrook where he got his first victory. And I do think Varner eventually will break through. You play that well on a Sunday morning. You get you get yourself in enough leads, et cetera. Eventually, you got to believe you're going to become more comfortable in that situation, be able to execute. So who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and I'll be at Riv in two weeks because I'll, I'll certainly hold a ticket on that. Yeah. I feel like we have to mention, um, I'm just looking over the leaderboard. Have we, we haven't talked enough about, I'm, I'm very nervous for, for Will Zalatoris. His putting stroke 
Peter is worse than mine from from like three feet and in. It is one of he has like he has the yips, like noticeable yips, and he like he his putting stroke gets so short and yeah and just not not pretty at all. But from twelve feet, anything outside of like twelve to fifteen feet, it's a good stroke. But you get him those tappins, it's like, it's like it's very nerving to watch him putt around the greens. And for him to still oh, yeah. to still post these scores is so it's almost a testament to how good he is that he has this like this very noticeably noticeable issue and he's still posting top tens in what is his second full year on tour. Yeah, he was his and his first as a regular member. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was one of the guys I considered for one and done. I think we talked about him last week and he was in the price in the mid forties, which looking back is crazy. I think he's about 40 this week. He's going to be really popular again after the way he played American express. And it might make more sense here, Hunter, than it even did last week to your point that we're on POA and Three putt percentages are really high here, way above tour average. The greens get really bumpy late in the day. Some guys don't ever go here because they hate putting on POA, like a, a Kevin Kisner. So there's reason to think you could survive a poor putting week at a, at a venue like this, Torrey Pines, as opposed to a venue like the resort courses we played last week where you have to make a lot of putts to win. Whereas this week you can do it with your ball striking. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think it's a very good point. I think yeah, I like levels of playing field to a, to a degree. I, and I don't even know what Will's putting stats are. Cause I, I have like, I have a, like a weird feeling that they're not as miserable as I'm making them out to be. It just, it, it is just a very daunting experience watching him putt from close, from, I still from very think close. Probably a lot of people picture his, you know, like he's, was it the back nine at Augusta? It was incredible. He gets that second place finish, but he kind of stubbed his toe on a couple shorties that afternoon. And yeah, you're right. I mean, from a the standpoint of, just the way that it looks is probably the worst on tour, right? I can't even think of a every time every time that he putts, I think of that Lucas Glover video where he nearly misses the ball from like a foot and a half, completely whiffs out a putt, almost. And that's what I think of every time I see Will putt. It seems like his backstroke is almost takes longer than the entire duration of the putt going like traveling into the hole it's just so delayed and shaky i guess i don't mean, it's it's weird but and and, and that's so you just it just makes me weary because he's only low 20s like that doesn't get better with age you know you don't you know you don't you don't, you don't develop less of those issues getting older yeah no it's an interesting point putting wise he is 104th in this field out of 156 in the last 50 rounds in strokes gained putting. 
So that's the bottom 25% yeah. of this field, which is amazing. Look at his, he's still 25th in strokes gain total because he's ninth T to green. He's sixth in approach. So what's interesting about Tory is that you can win in a number of ways. Like Reed has won here. It's all short game. Leishman and then ball strikers have have won here. So um it's gonna test all facets, but if Zalatoris has a above average or even a pop week with the putter and he's really good with the irons, he doesn't have to scramble a lot, that's still a formula that can get it done here. No, I totally agree. You wanna you wanna just get you wanna anything else from the American Express that's that is uh, worth mentioning. Well, it not really. I, it feels good to be back to like all the way. You know, it feels more real all of a sudden when you get out of Hawaii for some reason. And that's a nice kind of like a transition week from Hawaii now to like the re- first real good field, full field of this season. And so I'm really excited for the formers farmers. I love Tory Pines. And I think some of the form that we saw at the Amex will certainly carry over this week. You know, who's been putting it lights out while I'm looking at these putting stats last 50 rounds, eighth in strokes game putting in this field, Dustin Johnson. He's really his. I know his results haven't been great and he hasn't been winning, but whatever results he's getting, he's getting with this putter because he's 76th in this field in approach. Really interesting. And he is not, he's one of those guys that's playing here this week who. You know, there hasn't played here a ton or when he has, has not played well and doesn't normally putt Poa well. So I'll be full fading DJ at the Farmers. I think that's a, a safe bet. I, I think we are, <clears throat> I feel like we should be looking at people that are bad putters, right? I mean, we think we just mentioned it with Will Zal Torres if we are putting on Poa or or we got to look at uh, who are guys, Max Homa, uh, Pat Perez, who else do we got there? Poa. I feel like you even have you have that stat. I think because we've we've talked about it before. The guys that are the guys that are noticeably better at putting on Poa than they are at, or maybe not better than other greens, but compared to the field. So strokes gain putting last fifty rounds. So keep in mind, Poa is not that mo- that common of a surface. So. This these results could go kind of far back in time, but number one is Brant Snedeker, a guy that you immediately think of as being a great POA putter. He has a short pop stroke. He's won here, I think, twice. So there he's first. Um Jonas Blixt, Brian Stewart, and Malnati, Wyndham Clark who's kind of interesting as like a bomb DraftKings type of play this week because he hits it so far off the tee is fifth. 
Jason Day, a uh, sixth. I think he's won here too before. Maverick McNeely, seventh. Past 50 rounds, putting on POA. Another guy who's going to be super popular this week. You're going to hear a lot about him from people who are deeply ingrained in the golf gambling community. Phil is eighth. Patrick Rogers, who's from this uh, from California, played a lot of golf out there and has had good success at the Farmers, is ninth. And Carlos Ortiz is 10th. Notables. Reed, 12th, DeChambeau, 13th, Spieth, 14th, Berger, 16, John Rahm, 18, Xander Shoffley, 19. So, and there's your guy, Max Homa is 24th. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of guys, if you've heard Tiger talk about POA, I think it's a really hard surface to adapt to without a lot of experience, which is why a lot of guys will favor experience and play some of the older guys at this event because they feel comfortable or they're more confident backing a player who has had a lot of experience putting on POA. Which makes, which makes total sense. Yeah. So if you favor course history this week, as you evaluate the farmers, you will not be alone. And the course is just hard. So, I mean, as everybody knows, when you really hard courses get easier with time, you start to know where to hit it, how to play it, you know. So it is tough for the younger guys to come and perform here in the first real test of the year and it's freaking almost 7,800 yards. It's not short, not by any means. So before we get into a full preview of the farmers and we're not on radio this week, which is nice. So we're going to have no length requirements and you can curse as much as you want. Has anything happened yet with the big money classic? You know, it'd be nice if you were like, Hey, uh, I'm going to bring this up. I guess I should just realize you're bringing it up, but I am never, never prepared for this. Uh, at least I haven't been the last two weeks. I mean, he should have his money back. Uh, okay, from the hold bank on, hold on, hold right on. Now. Actually, we are, we do have, we do have a little bit of an update. <clears throat> Big Money Golf Classic currently owns winnings or owes winnings to a portion of the field that played in the December 2021 tournament. Those obligations require Big Money Events LLC to pursue its damages in court of law against State Kings Inc. for reneging on its agreement with the tour, leaving Big Money Events LLCs without the projected funds to pay its obligations. Big Money Events LLC is pursuing in excess of $700,000 in damages. So I'm sure that that will all be settled within the next three years. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not a (laughs) promising development for Tom and MJ and everybody else who got stiffed. No, not at all. And I've never heard of State Kings, Inc., which maybe that might be a reason why. Sounds sketchy. Steak? Looks like it's just an event management company, maybe. Just layers of event managers here. Crowd staking and event management made simple. Doesn't sound very simple to me. Well, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. So that is our um, that is our most recent update in or with the uh, Big Money Classic. 
So <laughs> now I will I will give us updates. If we're still doing episodes <laughs> in 2023, I'm sure I'll have an update for you. 2025, maybe. Honestly, yeah. No, I don't even know why I said 2023. That was that was uh, maybe a little bit of a long shot. Well, I guess. I right, guess you want to go? You want to go around the tours? Yeah, real quick, I was ben, thinking before we get to the farmers. Yes, let's do that. Uh, I just, I'm so love the farmers. I'll just talk about the farmers, and I don't want to skip over this other stuff. Understood. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get started with the uh, LPGA tour. Um, they played the Hilton Grand Vacation Tournament of Champions this past weekend in Orlando. Um, Danielle Kang uh, won with a score of uh, 16 under par. Um, actually caught quite a bit of the quite a bit of this on Sunday. She played great. Um, Did you see how cold it was there? Yeah, I know. Crazy. Never, I thought it was, I was so confused when I turned it on because I said, well, that's not Florida. <laughs> Replay. They're all wearing beanies and rain pants. I was shocked. Yeah. So uh, I, for, for every once in a while in Florida, it gets in the 50s and you got to put your beanies on. I Everyone just, was all fired up about the fact that I guess the pro-am like the low handicap guys in the pro-am portion of that event played the same tees as the ladies. Correct. And the best amateur score was like 30 strokes behind Danielle or something. Did you see all that? I saw all of that and I saw I don't even know it was it's the guy that's on. I don't even know his name. It's the it's the main guy at Golf Channel, um, English guy. I can't think of his name, but it was him that brought up this. Like, he tried to say some dumb tweet that that the top amateurs were like came in there expecting to outplay these women, and then Marty Fish, who is the top amateur and who is actually like an absolute stud. I don't know if I'm sure you're familiar with the name, but he is he is shot. Like low sixties in tournament round in tournament golf several times, like a really, really good player. And he's like, there's that no one was thinking that. Like we are all if you are a self aware scratch golfer, you are very you are aware that you don't stand a chance over four days against any of these ladies. That's what me too. I was like, there's a tough, tough week for the guys you play golf with on Saturdays who say they can beat the LPGA pros. And I'm like, who are those people? And I, there's no doubt those people are out there, but like those people, I mean, that's, I feel like that's such a small, <laughs> these, these women are very good at golf. Very good. Ultimate at golf. hardo <laughs> move to think that you can beat Daniel Kang at golf or something just because you can hit it a little bit farther. Maybe. Yeah, I, I just thought that was weird. It was just like a manufactured gotcha on social media. Yeah, oh, and I think people, I'm sure whoever that was, the tweet that just set their set their a date in their calendar for this event to say that exact that exact tweet, no matter if it was a thirty shot spread or a two shot spread. So, just people trying to get a little bit of attention, but I do think. I, 
anybody, like I said, anybody that's self-aware would re- realizes they don't they don't stand a chance over four days. I think maybe over like nine holes if if a lady's having a terrible anybody's having a terrible day. Anything can happen over like a nine hole stretch, but over seventy two holes, see you later. Not a chance. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, so so anyways, moving on. Um, this the following I guess uh, starting on Thursday. They are playing, the LPGA is playing the Gainbridge LPGA at Boca Rio, which is in Boca Raton, Florida. Past uh, defending champion is, once again, a quarter sister. So last week was uh, Jessica holding the defending champion crown, and this week it is Nellie. So uh, best of luck to the ladies, and we will um, we'll post, or uh, rather update you on scores and where they're playing the following week uh, next Tuesday. And then for the Corn Ferry, they just played. You want? Can you take over the first part of this? Where were they? They were in playing the Great Exuma Classic in Great Exuma in the Bahamas. There's a couple islands by the name of Exuma, like a big and a little. Um, and Akshay Bhatia. At 19 years of old, I think became the third youngest player to ever win on the Corn Ferry Tour. I believe that was the stat. It was he. He was the third teenager. I know that to be a fact. I believe. I believe that he joins the company of Sungjae Im and Jason Day. I believe. Yep, that okay. sounds right. Okay. And hit a phenomenal shot into his 18th hole to secure the victory did you happen to see that yeah i saw it on a camera phone yeah i saw it on someone's phone on a camera but i didn't see it on any television screens well good thing they were on sunday through wednesday because otherwise you might never have had that look from somebody's cell phone what a joke what an absolute joke i mean there's nothing else i i love golf i love golf golf central though i'd rather watch live golf than watch six hours of golf central what are we doing you're telling me they can't just put stationary even if it was only like seven cameras, nine cameras, and it was just like every other hole, they put one stationary camera on the back side of the green. Not asking for a lot. Really not. Dude, nine cameras is more than it sounds like. Yeah, but all I can. They might not have nine cameras at for the PJ Tour live on ESPN+. Plus. No, they have to Probably now. Probably have three or four. No, they have to now. They have to have because they have all four streams going. Well, and those those are moving cameras. I just want stationary. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for the world. Yeah. No, it would be nice to get home at night and turn on live golf as long as they're going to be playing it. Yeah. Which they are again this week. Yeah. So I guess I mean I guess it's uh, it is worth mentioning. What did Joey end up finishing? Tied for eleventh. Tied for 11th, uh, and then this week, uh, like we said, they are playing once again um, the Sunday through Wednesday um, format. So this one's, once again, they are in the Bahamas at the Abaco Classic at the Abaco Club uh, in Winding Bay, Bahamas. Uh, Defending champion is Jared Wolf, which uh, Jared has actually taken full advantage of. He just had a Decent finish this past week on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then, so I guess I can give you some scores. Joey played well the first two days, 
69-70, and then had a tough day. Or actually, it looked like he had a tough, tough two holes today. Just, I think he shot three over if, if par was if par is 72. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he uh, closes out tomorrow. Right now he is in uh, roughly about T-50th. But two cuts made to start the year. And uh, Ryan Brem is cooking a little bit this week. Nothing crazy, but he, let me find it, is up to seven under. Tied for 28th, shot four under today. So that's a good round as he looks to battle back to the PGA Tour from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And since he's come up lately, I would... I thought I'd pass along to you that Grayson Murray made the cut this week, and uh, he's currently one under for the tournament following a one over 73 tie for 66th. Well, good luck to uh, to Grayson as he continues to make cuts or attempt to make cuts. I guess that's, that's, uh, that's all I have from... Wait, what about the champions? Oh, the champions, sorry. I was. I knew. Wow. I, I knew. I was classic something. ageism yeah, from Hunter. This is tough. This is. Like I, I said it, and I was like, I knew. I'm, I know. I'm forgetting something. What do you know? I am. So uh, the PJ Tour champions. Um, they were also. They were in Hawaii this past week. Must be nice. Must be nice. Still waiting for an invite. Yeah. Well, you got a few more. You know, many years, but you got a few more years left. They were at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship. Um, the winner of the event was my computer. I this thing. I tell you, Peter. Whew. You got to upgrade to a PC, dude. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Actually, uh, I mean, talk, talk about a star-studded field. This is why people love the Champions Tour events, because uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez Won the event in a playoff against Stephen Elker uh, in two T thirds, where Vijay Singh and Stephen Ames, and rounding out uh, the top eight would be David Toms, Retief Goosen, Ernie Els, and Jim Furyk. So, really, just and I'm just going to keep going because this is actually a star studded leaderboard uh, T eighth, Brett Quigley, T tenth, Corey Pavin, T tenth, Bernhard Langer, T twelfth, Jerry Kelly. So, really, just. Uh, I like the Legends Tour. I should have called it that. So the Champions Tour, the Legends Tour. Well, the champion. Okay. Well, maybe you should. I mean, I'm sure you could probably write a letter, and they would think tank that. Yeah. So something to think about. Um, I've been writing a lot of letters to CBS and NBC, and that hasn't produced a better golf product on weekends for me yet. So a little uh, off the letter writing for the time being. I suspect you could write letters for a long time with uh <clears throat> with no hope of any uh, anything changing. The and like we uh we mentioned this was I don't even know why they play this event. I it is I think it's solely just because of vacation, but they are off now until uh February 18th through 20th where they play um back in my old stomping grounds in Naples, they play at Tiburon who the defending champion was Steve Stricker. So we got a few weeks till that, but we will keep you updated when that takes place. And we were just at 
Tiburon busy place for the LPGA season finale last year. Exactly. Yeah. And I think by that point, well, we might even have some college golf to talk about, and I'm sure we'll have some um, LA tour and Canada tour. So, yeah, we're starting to, things are starting to pick up a little bit here. Sure are. And we're going to start finding some winners too, Hunter, because we're due. Hey, you're the one that went, uh, I went one for one last week, 100%. I bet at a thousand. What'd you bet? You went one for one, and I went one for. Whatever it was, too much. I like my on-base percentage a lot better than yours. I will say that. Well, since you're hot, you got any strong takes on the farmers, or do you want me to go to the go to the odds board? Um, the only one I will give you one name, just because we've already talked about him. I think I think Max Homa makes makes a ton of sense here for a top twenty. Um, Given his past record in the state of California, he's he has a T ninth and T eighteenth um, respective finishes here at the Farmers. So I got him at plus two twenty five, a top twenty, and I'll be taking that. Nice, like that. And twenty was twenty fourth or something on that last fifty rounds on Poa, which is good. Yeah, we'll take it. So that's my one uh, similar to Seamus as of last week. I will. As you um, you discuss the ins and out of the golf course, I might think of I might find another couple. Right. So quick before, and I've touched on it a little bit before we get to the odds board. Tory Pines, there's two courses here: San Diego, I guess technically in La Jolla. You play the South three out of four rounds. You play the North course one of your first two, either Thursday or Friday. You must shoot under par on the North if you want to win this tournament. Nobody has ever shot over par, or if it, if they have, it's like maybe one person ever or something. North is significantly easier than the South. South, for example, they played all the rounds for the U S open on the South. They did not use the North. So you kind of have to first two rounds, survive the South, take advantage of the North. Then you're on the South course. The last two days cream rises to the top. What's this golf course? Like Poa grains, Kakuya grass, otherwise and Kakuya rough. The ball sinks to the bottom of the rough and at a golf course that is nearly 7,800 yards in potential length, which they probably won't use every inch of that this week, but still one of the longest golf courses and toughest golf golf courses we play all year on tour. And it's penal to be either short or crooked. And if you're both, you're dead. You're just dead. So this is big boy golf this week. Um, Driving is hugely important. That being said, we've talked about some outlier type winners here. Reed is not a great driver of the golf ball by any means. He's not particularly long. He's still one here because there's a lot of approaches from over 200 yards all the par threes are like 190 plus on the south. 
a lot, there's going to be a higher percentage of missed greens here than the average tour venue, which means you will have to scramble more and you can gain a lot of strokes scrambling like Reed did the year that he won. So there's a lot of different ways to skin this particular cat. I just think if you're profiling a player, you're profiling long drivers, good drivers, guys who gain strokes off the tee, guys who gain strokes tee to green, and maybe either not so great putters or guys who are good at putting on POA or guys who are really great scramblers um so four par fives par four par five scoring is important here however eagles are pretty hard to come by these are pretty demanding set of par fives uh compared to the other courses on tour so and we're looking at a winning score you know much lower than what we've seen here these past few weeks um other than that, greens are a little smaller than usual. That lends itself to long iron play being important as well as scrambling. I think it's 12 of the last 13 champions here have previously had a top 10 here. Hmm. Very interesting statistic. We told you last week. 11 of the 13 past winners at the Amex had played at least one of the two Hawaii events that became 12 of 14. When Swafford won, he played Wiley. Um, so I won't be surprised. One of the exceptions to those, it's whatever I said, 12 of 13 or 11 of 13, whatever was Rom and He's a horse for course. And the only reason he didn't have a previous top 10 is because he won in his first try in 2017. So, you know, unless I think that's something that's important to keep in mind as you look at your betting card and your DraftKings lineups this week, just an interesting little nugget there, but I will be leaning a little history Obviously, I love Rom this week. He was trying to win the Amex last week, so I don't see him not being a factor this week on a golf course he just won a U.S. Open on and then professed his love for uh, immediately following. So, um, Finau has a top 10 here, multiple. And Zalatoris, who we mentioned will be really popular this week, and I think for good reason, tied for seventh in his debut here last year and obviously played well last week at the Amex. But big boy golf, probably going to be a winner, you know, either an elite player or somebody in great form enough to be priced, try 50 to one or under. It's not a big week for the long shots. Which makes sense. Hard golf course. Weed out the weed out the week. Mm-hmm. For sure. So to the odds board. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Rom kicks it off at seven to one. Then as far as FanDuel is concerned, Justin Thomas 
is the second favorite at 15 to one tie for 19th in the U S open on this golf course. Doesn't really play the farmers. Otherwise uh, I can't tell you the last time he played here. Could he surprise some people and emerge here? Sure. He's, he's the best ball striker arguably uh, in the world right now, but doesn't feel like a course that sets up for Justin Thomas necessarily. He's 15 to one Sanders, 17 to one Bryson is down to 19. I heard numbers in the low twenties DJ first time he's teeing it up this season, 21 along with Hideki has a good record here. Berger Burns and fee now are grouped at 24 Scheffler and wild Zalatoris is really coming down there at 29 Sung J M looks to present potentially some value at 32 Leishman and Spieth are 34 Kepka 36 to one Corey Connors and Patrick Reed 46 to one Taylor Gooch Lanto Griffin who had a good week last week despite being priced 120 to one to win the American Express is now 55 to one to win the farmer's insurance along with your guy Max Homa my guy, Matthew Wolf, and my other guy, Siwoo, and Ryan Palmer, who's a guy who I think is a great play for finishing positions in DraftKings this week. I think it's like 8100 bucks or so. Keegan Bradley, 65, along with Justin Rose. Maverick McNeely, who we mentioned earlier and is going to get some interest this week, is 70 Horschel, who has a really poor record here, Bazudenhout, or at least on courses like this, Bazudenhout, Mackenzie Hughes, Luke List, Francesco Molinara, and Joaquin Neiman, 75 to 1. Some interest there because Molinari plays well here. Neiman's teeing it up for the first time this season, but 75 to 1 looks crazy next to his name. So that's kind of an interesting thing to know. Cam Davis. Another guy I like this week for fish, finishing position is 80 to one along with uh, Hollywood, Tom Hoagie, who has a pretty good record here. Some high finishes, quite a few missed cuts, but I can't make sense of that. Especially since he didn't pop on those POA putting statistics and putting is the strength of his game, but who knows? Maybe worth a dart. Jason day, Ricky Fowler, Cameron Tringali, Aaron Wise at 90 to one close out those priced at under 100 to one. Anything stand out to you there? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I love Mark Leishman this week. I really do. Um, so since 2010, he has a, he has a runner up in 2010. He has a runner up in 2014. He has a, um, and he has a win in 2020. He's at, I think you said 34 to one, I believe was your number. That's uh, correct. Yeah. So I love, I love that number. And I also love he's plus 150 to top 20, which I also like. Okay. So, so that is, um, that's something that just kind of stood out right, right off the bat based off of, um, based off of course history. I think it makes a ton of sense. I will not be, I will not be touching anybody super nothing that nothing on the lower end of the um, board that really grabs my attention by any means. I do think um, 
I think you make a really good point that if John Rahm can get pissed off at the American Express, like with like fire in his eyes at the American Express, like what what can he do with the like at Tory Pines? So it's just like like we always talk about it, but the desire to win for John Rahm seems like it is always there, always. Yeah, I mean that was amazing to see. I know it's golf; we all get pissed, but you think maybe he'd say to himself, "Hey, dude, this isn't that big of a deal." He's just not wired that way. So I totally agree with you. Seven to one. I don't know. It's it's Tory Pines though. I keep seeing that number, and I go, and actually, I'm looking at six to one. It's crazy. But- and plus one thirty five to top five. <laughs> crazy. The second priced guy, Justin Thomas, is plus three fifty. <laughs> so like he's negative money. The to top casinos 10. are saying, please do not bet on. They're protecting themselves against ROM wagers. So maybe that is maybe it's a one a one man card this week and it's ten bucks on a seven to one. I don't know, but I'm I was bullish on Rob last week, so I'm certainly not I'm not gonna back off now. It's just a week later, and his ball striking was fine last week, and this is his favorite course in the world, arguably. So, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. It's again, it's becoming harder and harder to fill out these betting cards when John Rob's in the field. I completely agree. We're getting, we're getting, um, (laughs) are we just getting like, are we getting duped though? I feel like we're getting duped because like he only, he's only won once. (laughs) We're just getting, we're just giving them money because he's so good, but he doesn't win. I feel like it's coming. I feel like it's coming. Just like (laughs) I felt like it was coming with with the decky. Yeah. Like he's going to have a three or four win season. You would think in the next two or three. Based on the way he's playing, I mean, look at these odds. He's seven to one. The next guy's fifteen to one. So we're not the only ones who think he's this good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I I agree. It's just I don't see him playing. Does he? Does he excel past last year's performance? Because I mean, he played what I would say would be like some of the best golf I've ever seen last year. And obviously some some unforeseen circumstances caused him to maybe not win as much as he could have, but still only won once. Yeah. I have It's just great. In, in twenty twenty two, it's hard to believe we're seeing six to one, I guess is more my point, especially in a full field. I know. A strong field to see six to one makes you kind of shake your head. But And yet I'm considering it. Oh yeah. No, I think you already said I'm sold. I think you I heard you say that. I'm sold. Something along, something to that effect. I think I will be kind of having like a concentrated approach uh, to the my betting card. I mean, I'm first of all, I'm not winning a ton, so I'm not going to get carried away. But like, there are a few players I know I'm I'm bullish on. One is Ron, so seven to one or. Uh, maybe plus one thirty-five to top ten, maybe minus one thirty or to top five, maybe minus one thirty to top ten. I will somehow be backing John Rom, and I'll be playing him in DraftKings. Two other 
top to second tier players that I think are poised to have a good week this week. Hideki, why would he not have a good week this week? He's been playing great and he always plays well here. So he's plus 230 to top 10. Not great value, but, you know, I could see myself getting in on that. Plus 115 to top 20. Tony Finau, plus 125 to top 20, may end up being my most substantial wager of the week because I really dislike his form, and yet he's still kind of, you know, like it's the scores aren't that bad. And now he comes to arguably his best course of the year. So if his number was, if his outright number was in the thirties, I probably would have clicked it. Mid twenties is a little too much. So I'll look at these placements to see if I can find value on Finau. But not only is this a good course for him, it's a good area of the country. It's a good time of the year. It's lost in a playoff at Riv. So I think Finau is really live here these next two weeks. And then briefly, I mentioned Cam Davis earlier, who I've been on and who fits the bill this week in terms of the kind of guy who has a skill set seemingly built for a course like this, meaning super long off the tee and uh, pretty solid in the other areas of the game better chipper than a putter. So he's plus 140 to top 40. And I happen to think his quality is much greater than that. He's right there next to Neiman, who I also like this week, but because it's Neiman's first time teeing it up here, I think I'm going to end up backing Cam Davis instead. For a for a outright top 40, top 40. I like that. So pretty simple. Guys, I'm looking at Rom, Decky, Fino, um, Cam Davis. I might go back to Matthew Wolf if I can find a number that I think is fair, which would probably have to be 60 or higher. But, you know, it, he's unpredictable. Yeah. Hit four top 20s in a row before the tough week last week. That was kind of a stretch on my part, thinking he might play well there. This is a course that's better for him if he can hit his driver well. And he's a pretty good scrambler. So this is a week when everybody will come right off of him. And so even if you don't bet him, maybe it's a play for DraftKings. Exactly. Any other uh any other takeaways? No, just really looking forward to seeing a great field take on a great course and give us a true kickoff to the 2022 season. Agreed. Looking forward to it. I love Tori. And more fine time golf. My favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the Wednesday through Saturday. I think this will be fun for once a year because there's football on Sunday. I mean, I think that was a good move. Oh, great move. Really good choice. I like it. All right. All right. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah. Good luck with your picks.